Welcome to the Give a Click podcast and today I'm excited to bring you an exclusive interview with the awesome Sarah K. She hasn't done an interview on a podcast before so I'm excited to be the very first podcast to interview her. Sarah K is an award-winning qualified marketing specialist. She's worked within an agency environment managing projects for global brands like Pure London, Audi and has been featured in the Huffington Post. She's also an ex-successful blogger who was even featured or has a chapter written in the book created by one of the largest networks in the UK. She was also uh, a rising star which uh, she was an award as part of We Are The City. Um, and an overall amazing person that I've had the pleasure of knowing over the last few years. So let's get started. Thank you and welcome. Uh, to and I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Fantastic to be here. That's quite exciting, eh? My voice on a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's just nice to be here actually and share hopefully some golden nuggets with your listeners because you reach out to people that most people wouldn't really try and reach and that's what I'm all about as well so yeah the, who better to start from to do a podcast than with you Abdul? Uh, it means a lot to me because over the last few years you've inspired me in so many different ways and one of the think, key things that have really come across for me was your passion but also your purpose and how you mo- really want to make a difference in this world so I really want to start by asking you what is your purpose? Because I really think the listen, the people who are listening really need to know about your purpose to get a real understanding of who you are. Oh, I, I'm starting to hate the word purpose now because I've noticed it's, it's like a trend, a buzzword. Um, I see it as more as my lifelong journey. Why am I here on this world? What I'm here to do? And I know some of you listeners might be thinking, but that is purpose. But it's just the particular word that, you know, it's sort of like, saying purpose is like you have to do it in business um and you know what if you're just dead to make money and there is no purpose then hey you know that's just you but for me I see as yeah what am I what am I why am I here on this world and what am I here to do so my purpose in a nutshell I'm gonna try not to read it off a script I've got nothing here but you know when you rehearse things <laughs> you're like oh well yes my purpose is to transform businesses into the Chanel and Apple of their niche. I did actually write that, by the way, and I loved it. I just thought, why do I not use this? But that's, you have to kind of do it for marketing purposes. But if you ask me my actual purpose in, you know, why I'm here or why I do what I do, and what is it actually? To answer your question, what is it? It's to serve people who felt like I did when I started out in my career. Actually, no, no, no. Not even when I started out in my career. I just realised... It was at high school. It was a school that was started in education. And I felt like the school or system was just not for me. You know how you hear about these Richard Bransons and uh, Sir Alan Sugar? You know, they sort of dropped out of school. I didn't. It's an Asian thing. South Asians where we have to go to uh, school, education. Um, when I say school, I mean university, college. Which actually I don't regret because it pushed me in areas, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But it pushed me in areas that I wouldn't naturally have pushed in. But going back to my purpose, I don't know if your listeners felt like this, but I remember sitting in my 
class in an assembly sorry not class it was a it was a really large assembly and the teacher the head teacher was reading out a list of end of the year there were some awards and whoever the best in science whoever the best in maths and I remember every year sitting that assembly and then by the way you'd have a list 50 people uh, sorry no 50 like 10 top people published um on this like the the what, monthly or yearly sort of newsletter whatever it was saying you know the best person was etc etc every year I'd sit there so excited you know your heart was in your mouth suspense oh yes it'll be me one year it'll be me I'll be good at math oh maybe okay well actually won't math science what else could it be art maybe yes oh no it's not my name and every year it just wasn't me and I remember a conversation with a teacher and I used to be in those classes where you weren't at the top and you weren't at the bottom. You were kind of the, the intermediate floater. And <clears throat> they couldn't really figure out why. So they put like 10 other people or five other people and gave you some like one-on-one -on -one help. And the teacher came up to me and said, you know, Sarah, look, you do really well in in the, uh, not, not exams. I don't think she said exams. <coughs> Excuse me. She said some test where it was you had to colour in color I think it was some intelligence test mm. and she was basically saying that you do well in these tests but it just so if you did well in the intelligence test your IQ's high you should do well in exams but you don't so we're gonna put you in these classes and I never really understood it at the time but at the end of my GCSEs at the end of my A levels at the end of my I don't, at the university I didn't feel like this as much, although I didn't get first, so I probably did feel like it, but I felt as if I just wasn't good enough. I remember working so hard as well, I remember uni colouring stuff, thinking I'm going to do this, I'm going to get a really good, I'm going to get first, I can do this, and transferring universities, doing a placement year, but I just noticed I did better in coursework, I did, I just wasn't cut out for school, but it's the feeling of, you're working so hard, but you're not getting anywhere, you're investing so much time, you're putting your heart and soul into something, and actually, to be fair, maths and English, uh, sorry, maths, I just didn't enjoy, I just felt, I just can't do this. I would try, I would try, like algebra, certain things I loved. I would have to work extremely hard compared to the, the individual sitting next to me. I remember getting into the high class of maths and I tried bloody hard. I remember doing uh, arithmetic and I found it a challenge, but I loved it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this in a minute. I'm going to ask all these questions. And I remember getting up to like the 25th question of 30 and I thought well, for once in my life, I'd got somewhere. But the point was, most of my life was like that. I felt as if it was mind crippling and feeling, excuse my language, but shit and not getting anywhere. And it wasn't about other people, but it was about me not rising up to or feeling as good as other people who were doing well. And it's not about comparing. It was more like, why can't I do? Why am I not good at this? Well, I'm obviously not good enough. And the same thing happened when I was in my job. Um, you know, when you start out after university, you, you are thrown into a, you know, a job, a junior level, and you struggle, but you eventually get there, even in my placement, it was tough, but I liked work, so I got there in the end. But it's about not having the tools or the skills or even beyond that, it's the feeling of not being good enough. And my purpose is to break people's barriers by sharing the skills and knowledge that they don't have to 
help them to do their job and build their business because by the way that's one of my talents I love loved when I was younger I was great at and not trying to blow my own trumpet here but I noticed my talent was starting up something small eBay business was my first thing and making money I was very good at that um yeah so for me my purpose is to help people do things that they can't do but in my area of expertise which I've studied and worked extremely hard for and had to work many long hours and and actually just learn just realize get to know myself and realize how I learn and come into terms with no I'm not stupid and I've worked extremely hard I've pushed myself mentally kept going I don't want to know if I'm dyslexic I don't want to know if I'm learning difficulties I just want to keep going and I want to help people who have been the way I was feeling so in my job is mind crippling I literally felt like the world was caving in on me. I had anxiety, I had low moods. It gets it gets to the stage where you end up having depression. Uh, I didn't have depression, but I mean that's what it leads to. And at some points anxiety was quite bad. Um and if it carried on like that, I think I would have I don't know where I'd be today, but I I don't want people to we hear about mental health issues and people you know, dying, people committing suicide, you know, I know it is the extreme side of it, but it does happen. And the people who don't commit suicide, there's a lot of them that they're not even di- diagnosed with mental health, but have these, the, the society in the world that we live in, we have these pressures that actually end up making us feel like we're living on survival mode when we're not. And I want to help people give that sort of love and nurture them what I didn't have given and actually I wasn't even understood so I try to understand people and then serve them with what they may need and when I say serve I mean it in a nice way I mean like you know help people uh, but I like just calling it serving because it's just a nicer way of saying help because everyone says help but yeah you often refer to yourself as the... Hold on sorry I wonder if your listen uh, your listeners heard the uh, ice cream truck in the back do you think do you think Anka's good enough to hear that of course it is. Do you think they heard that? I'm not too sure. Well, I don't know about them, but I think I want to get off to get some ice cream. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry. <laughs> She's getting excited about ice cream. Childhood memories. I love ice cream. Yeah. Mr. Wimpina with a 99p. Let's not talk about that. It brings back memories about my childhood as well. I used to love going out to the 99p ice cream. I used to beg for one of those. So, yeah. It takes me back. Did you have a flake in it? Or yeah. did 99p, did you get the flake? Yeah, we definitely got the blame. Do you remember the, di- the time when they did, what was it, £1.99? I don't know if your listeners know, but we, we were quite poor when we were young. So our, 99p was good, but during the days it got to one ninety nine. you were like, oh shit, I ain't got an extra pound, so I can't. Because you can't get the flake, yeah. Yeah, you can't get the ice cream. And maybe yeah. put your own little chocolate finger inside or something, although I didn't do that, but that's a good tip, really. <laughs> I should have done that, actually, come to think about it. You can't like chocolate fingers, yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah, I got a bit distracted with ice cream. <laughs> got a sweet tooth, you see. You often refer to yourself as a nurturer. Um, oh, yes. Nurturer. What, what is it about nurturing that makes uh, an amazing business person, an amazing leader in your eyes? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think you've asked me that one before. Uh, okay, so you know how we have this thing about mentoring? But I think mentoring... Uh, it's a term that everyone uses, mentoring. Yes, it, it is what it says on the tin, but I... I call myself a mentor, but if you actually ask me what I do, I nurture people to be the best or bring out the best in people. I nurture them by bringing out the best in them. And to answer your question, uh, damn, I forgot your question. It's the ice cream. 
What was he? What the, around being the business nurturer, like why is oh, okay. why, why why does that make an amazing leader or a business person? When you nurture someone, what you're actually trying to do is look after them, bring out the best. And when I say look after, I mean you know if someone suffers from low self-esteem, right? For example, one of my team members, she suffers from low self-esteem. I know that. So by caring for her and looking after her, I will build on that and pick when she has those times, listen to her, understand her, and then give her the support that she needs. And I, when I say nurture, mentor is something that you have to do. What I do nurturing, I'm, I don't do it for money, right? But an element of my work is, it's naturally who I am. I like to nurture people, I like to look after people, I like to appreciate them and I like to share love in a in a non-weird way um but because I believe people don't get those simple sort of taken care of love certain simple things they don't get in the world that we live in today some people don't Mm. so if we show them through work and business one of the areas might be lacking but then they'll get in other areas so they'll be better as a domino effect they'll be better not only at the business and life sorry, business or career, they'll be great at nurturing other people as well, looking after. It's like a domino effect with other people. But for me to do the nurturing, I'm hoping that they will become nurturers. And even if they don't, the element of me doing it is not because I have to. It's it's like when we think of nurturing, it's what a mother does with children, right? Looks after them, protects them. And my way is a non-weird way of, of doing that. It's a more business work way of trying to look after people and treating them as if they are people and giving them the time and the ears and supporting them every single step of the way. Mm. It's a... I say it's more of a communication slash skill, which I never saw as a skill. It's just something that... I say treat others how you want to be treated. It's something that I, I... Don't get me wrong, I had a loving family. But it was still not the type of support or love that I needed in my career or business. And I believe everyone in life needs that person by their side or needs someone. Whether they've got a partner right now or not. Sometimes in life it's not even a partner. A partner doesn't understand. Yeah, they love them, etc. But it's not the same. You know, I'm quite lucky to have, you know, a husband who understands what I'm doing. Um... And the reason why I married him is partially because he he understands and he's been in my life on my journey and we just click and he gets it and I get it kind of thing. And we help each other. But people don't have that. People don't have that. So I want to be that person who is like the friend by their side, guides them along the way and says, hey, don't worry about it. It's beyond business. Mm. It's amazing to hear because nurturing hasn't really been mentioned in in business, so it, it doesn't really get mentioned. Do you think as, it's because it's creepy? Can you imagine? Sarah's a nurturer. That just sounds a bit I creepy. Think some, <laughs> some, people, some people have talked about being a nurturing leader, but I think... Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you meant as a leader, why it's good. Okay, hold on, hold on. I didn't ask you a question, sorry. So... Why it's good as a leader? Because if you care for other people, nurturing is about caring. If you care for other people, you're more likely to grow a a team or a group of people who believe in what you believe in. And even if they don't, you are able to help them be the best at what they do. So you're able to serve a bigger goal. For example, if we had a charity or we had even a business, if we are able to help people 
by nurturing them, me nurturing loads of people and looking after them, they're able to know that, okay, I'm going to come to work, I'm looked after. If I had a, a, a you know, a good sized company with loads of money, or even if I didn't have loads of money, but I had a stable income, right, let's say, right, like a million pound a year or whatever, I'd make sure every one of my employees has lunch, breakfast and dinner on us. Because, or maybe not dinner. <laughs> But breakfast, because it depends, because I want them to go home. And I'd, I'd treat them as if humans, how they should be treated. And actually, you can work from home if you want. But hey, lunch is on us. Because it's about what you... Think about your, you know, your mum or your father. If you had a good mum and dad, what would they do? They would look after you and say, look, if you want someone to talk to you, the door's open. Not, oh my God, see, I can't talk to him. I'm struggling. Oh my God, I don't know how I'm getting this project done. There's a deadline. Oh my God, oh my God. Oh, she's a bitch. I don't like working with her. Excuse my language. It's more about creating a team of people or a group of people in a in a in a I don't like calling it a company who all help each other support each other and there's one main person who sort of acts as someone that they can go to and give the top advice from and I say top advice the expert advice because they are specialists and normally the nurturer is could be five nurturers in different areas they are looking after people and it's not just the business element but they're able to grow a business that then their employees serve the consumers on a next level does that make sense no no, that makes absolute sense so going back to the nurturing bit in terms of how it links to your marketing or sales how can you then bring that that principle or that idea of nurturing into your marketing or sales or or, or even to your business like how you, like how does one incorporate that okay so for me nurturing starts from the bottom and it starts from say you don't have employees right now Say for a lot of my listeners yeah, are, yeah. are people who don't have employees. Bit so. like me, because yeah. I don't... We discussed this yesterday. You know, you, you're at the stage where, um, Abdul, you know, you have, you have a growing agency. And I wanted an agency. Do you remember? I had this mm. goal where I said, look, I want to be an agency. But then I realised, actually, I'm a nurturer. I'm a hoverer, meaning... I like to help loads of other people. I don't really want an agency. I want to go in and help other agencies or mm. people to be the best at something, right? So... Our goals change in life, but how it starts is, as I just shared with you how I changed um, as a person and my goals changed, when it comes to nurturing, you got to look at yourself, you got to nurture yourself. So it's going to sound so American Sally. you got to nurture yourself, you got to be great, oh my God, you got to work in your body and your soul and oh yeah, <laughs> that's not what I mean, but... When I talk about nurturing, it's actually, if we really think about it, you gotta, you do have to look after yourself, whether it's your diet, gym, whatever. There are simple things, like I notice having certain foods. I used to have low moods. Having, and I still have low moods sometimes. You just gotta, as a business person, you just gotta take it, like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Ride the wave. That's it, ride the wave. Wait, wait, ride the wave, yeah. So, I notice certain foods, you know, work sort of you know tracked my progress and certain things I noticed those foods were sometimes could be the reason why I was feeling down being able to look after myself and my thoughts when I was feeling down my thoughts were I'm not good enough and by the way listeners some of those thoughts they still happen with individuals and it happens research shows it happens more with women I've served startups in global businesses in over 20 countries um, and by the way, I never use, even used to say these things right now. I don't, I would avoid saying it. I had to practice and start believing it. 
Um, I got a degree in marketing. I read about consumer behavior psychology. I worked with some of the biggest brands from Audi to, um, oh God, you're putting me on the spot now. Maserati to, to Maserati. Going back to my question, how do Nurturing you... Nurturing myself, I have to be able to promote myself as well. So the nurturing is being able to love and see that, look, you are good at something... You are talented, but you need to look after yourself because if you don't look after yourself and you don't, you know, it's like a bit like talking to yourself. If you don't look after yourself, how are you going to be able to then serve other people? And the next layer is people. So it mm. could be the people that come to me, could be if I had a team. Like, for example, sometimes me and you, we work together. I have a uh, another expert, experts that I work with. We look after each other as well. We, The next layer is people who come to my meetups, my events. Um, I've got clients looking after them. Um, and some, most of the time, like, or I should say some of the time, let's say 60% aren't paying me, but they're around. I have to nurture them. And it's not because I have to, I say it as if I have to, but it's, I, I, I feel it as if it's my duty to nurture them because I didn't have that. And I know eventually them just coming to my meetups feeling great is a great way of doing it. But sorry, what were you saying about nurturing? Yeah, no, it's just interesting to see because one of the key, in, in the sales world or in the social selling world, one of the key things that come up is, oh, we need to nurture our prospects or we need to nurture our audience. Uh, you know, it's a very typical sort oh, of term. Oh, you put right? me off now. Yeah, it's, I'm going to stop saying it. <laughs> no, but in terms of how your idea of nurturing links into sales and marketing, that's the sort of... The... But me, my nurturing, I wouldn't say it to uh, as if it's clients or I'm nurturing them to help them not on a lead sales perspective. I don't see people as, as sales. I, I'm my own worst enemy. I have bills to pay, right? Let's say, and sometimes I get to the stage where I'm like, hold on, I'm helping these people. And I remember 2017 this happened, but I wasn't able to survive myself. So by nurturing, there is a double-edged sword, but the one that you're talking about, the mm -hmm. nurturing, is more like a sales element. Mm -hmm. For me, I nurture one-to-one, -one, but I don't do it as a sales mechanism or marketing me mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, but I even do it through my emails. It could be something simple as tweeting someone or emailing someone. Mm -hmm. When I'm nurturing them, it's the conversation and the words that I use uh, just to even sh sort of share what's great about them and what, you know, put it this way. When we nurture people, it's not because you want something. You're nurturing someone because, or something, because you actually care. And sales and marketing, right now, marketing is, people are confusing it for sales. Marketing in an element, is a way of nurturing your target audience, but not because you want something from them. You're trying to serve them with something that you think will help them. That was what marketing was all about back in the day. Mm -hmm. We've now changed it into where it's sales and marketers are act like salespeople. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's all about, mm -hmm. right? But for me, we need to take away the, the nurture element Mm -hmm. seeing it as a, a gain and this is a society we live in the western society which is about we should be doing something to gain something no we should be doing something because it's for the greater good because it's going to help people and you might ask me well, what makes you want to do this greater good crap you know is it because you're trying to make money actually you know what when i used to sit you know i've been in position where i had money i've been in positions where i've had nice things i can do 
what I want. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm in a millionaire, but that's not my goal. That's not my purpose in life. But I've had money and I've been successful at the age of 18, right? I was getting a good amount of money while I was studying. Um, I'm working at the same time. But that didn't make me happy. Seeing other people and helping other people be good at something and work towards one goal, mm. whether it's just seeing them succeed. And I don't know what it is. I guess science-wise, it could be going back to, you know, my life. No one really helped me through my work. I had a few people along the way they did, but I didn't really have the full support and nurturing that I should have had to be 10 times better. I had to nurture myself. Mm. So it's a tough life. And most people are suffering in different ways. Everyone's suffering is different. And if we can do something, even in life, it's not about business, we can just help each other with something that someone needs, or just listen or ask someone how they are. That's an element of nurturing. Mm, that's amazing. It's interesting to hear because I think results show for itself. Like, you know, some of the best professionals who are in the marketing sales world or at the top of their game there's a reason because they actually care about people. Uh, and I've noticed that with you, even with your emails, that you, fact that you take the time out to personalise things. Why is even why is personalisation important to you? Personalisation creates that one-to-one conversation that that person is a human. At the end of the day, yeah, they work in a job. Yeah, you need something. But you know what? They are still a person. And they are a person with feelings. They are a person who's probably having a shit day. What can I do to make things better for them? That's how I see it because I felt shit and I don't want someone to feel like I did mm. to the point where you keep feeling shit that you get into a stage where you have anxiety, depression, etc. Mm-hmm. So I like to save people. It's really weird. I'm like trying to save people is my sort of thing in any way that I can. But because I've got some expertise, I like to save people in, in my field of expertise. But the personalization element helps me to feel as if I'm making some, making someone smile makes me feel great that I've made someone feel good, right? And I think you could you could probably say, oh, it's because this, the you know is it is it the fact that you like being in control of someone's feeling, being able to control that? Yes, you know they you can make them happy. Not really, no. It's the feeling of seeing the goodness in someone and making sure that they're aware of what they're good at and sharing it that their management even know. When someone does something good, we live in a society where people complain, but they don't share the good stuff. And my thing is all about sharing the good stuff and being a nurturer and being someone who I end up end up just creating connections with. And I don't mean to, it's not strategic. I just like sending nice emails to people. I end up getting responses and it's nothing strategic. People aren't stupid, guys. They know when you've got some hidden sort of agenda to your emails. I don't. I just like one quick line while I'm sending them, sending an email, you know, and I've noticed I build connections and I don't even mean to, right? Um, that nurturing and building connections, those are skills that I've noticed that have served me quite well. But like I said, I haven't, I haven't meant to do it, but they've helped me to get to serving other people better. And and working with other experts by connecting with them and then creating this, you know, being a better leader, you could say it, you know, being a better leader 
that brings people together, nurtures them, and can serve more people and reach out and serve more. So, so here's a question. So why business then? Because you could have easily you know, gone and started a charity and did a humanitarian project or gone and you know, saved the world just like anyone else would have done that in that way. Why, why, why did you start a business in the end of the day? Damn, you got some... You're a fire little Shigar with your questions. Um, I don't know what accent that was. Slightly confused one. Um, funniest thing is, right, I did charity projects when I was young and I loved them. But I got to the stage where doing charity work was all about... It's funny because it's all about power, status. You don't realise. And Abdul, you you worked mm. in charity. We had these conversations where you left as well and you loved it like I did. But it was all about contacts. It was all about uh, getting awards and, and, and being number one. And people who say, well, we do these things, but you know what? We don't want to be recognised for them. Maybe, yeah, 20%. But the charities that I helped and worked in, that's not the case. And there are, we've heard from even Oxfam what's going on and there's certain elements. And I don't want to be a part of, I for me, I'm very, morals and ethics are very close to my heart. And for me, working for a company that, uh, or a charity or non-for-profit that doesn't, that works a certain way and the, the actual principles um, are not what they should be, if that makes sense, or their morals and ethics don't add up, I don't want to be a part of that. So charity, I kind of fell out of. I just thought, when I say fell out of, I was like, no, I, I can't really do this because I'm sure other charities aren't like that. But then there's bigger things that I want to do as a charity, right? When I say bigger things, I mean, I'm quite a versatile person. I want to be the person that goes and sees people on the ground. I also like doing marketing campaigns. I also like training people. So all my skills, I've noticed they're in different areas. Yes, I specialise, but I mean, oh, not skills. My passion, I have different passions that I kind of like, that I like to dabble into, right? And work in different areas of the business. Um, and for me, I found that in a charity, if I work for someone, I won't be able to do that. And I, I was there, so I know. What if you started your own charity? Isn't that a possibility? Is, is, wouldn't that still make you, help you fulfill your purpose or serve your purpose? Why business? Why is business the maybe vehicle? Maybe later. Maybe later. I think charity for me, I think, is the next, it's the next later on in life. Um, what did you just say before then? I've forgotten. About, you know, why is business, why is it business? Why okay. could, couldn't it be charity? Why didn't you start your own charity? So for me, business, so I, as you know, I did my blog and magazine and I ran it for three years and it was kind of like a non-for-profit thing. But at the end of the day, what was happening was I was working extremely hard and I wasn't actually getting the money that I needed. And I think on a conscious level or subconscious level, taking money from charity for me to live off just doesn't sit well with me I don't know like I said about morals and, and ethics and it just doesn't sit well however I'm kind of like the solutions I'll find other ways around so my kind of thing is I love marketing I love sharing and training people and knowledge and for me I saw that as look I can save people here in the UK and you know abroad but then I can do a charity on top of that, but once the money is coming in, I'm able to do more later with the money, with my company money that I've earned, rather than it going, yeah, I can pay myself a, a you know a good wage. When I say good wage, I don't mean anything lavish. I just mean look to you know live a life that I want to live, and then at the same time, 
the charity, I can put money into the charity, but I can't do that if I don't have any money to make, uh, sorry, to put in. And charity, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough world. But I'd rather put myself in a good position. I think I put my business hat on at that point and I think, look, if I have a charity, what am I going to do? Okay, there's loads of politics. I need loads of money for that. I want to do something that challenges the status quo. And I know if I start a charity, that there will be you know ways to do it but i'm better off doing it with a group of people like you abdul which we've discussed and other people but once i'm sorted with my life so i've just got married there's things that i need to do and i think having a charity i would love but the truth is i'm also going into the unknown why would i start a business if i look at myself if i'm a business mentor to myself i would say look what's your expertise in marketing it's about training and helping big corporates which you've done and the smaller businesses startups well make the money there because you need to survive sarah you've got rent to pay you've got food to put on the table and for me that's essentially what it is about paying my insurance my mot and yes also yeah i like nice things and i don't mean anything designer but i'd like to you know change my wardrobe every now and again um, and I don't mean lavish fashion, that's not what I mean, but live a comfortable life. And I can't do that if I'll be focused solely on charity, because I noticed when I used to focus on charity, I always came second. It was a mental thing. Everything was second. I cared too much about other people. And I believe I need to serve myself before I can serve other people. Talking about serving yourself, I think... One of the things I've recognised with you is you keep a journal, and journaling is very important to you as an individual. Mm. So, talk to talk 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 to us about that. Why is why is journaling important to you, and and how do you use that today? So journaling for me had kind of started out when I was young, but then I never really journaled anything, and I regret it till this day. Now, when I say it started, but I never really did it. What I mean is, I used to write stuff. But it wasn't really about my journey. I would write crap, as you do when you're a child, right? Um, when I was, I think in 2015, I started journaling. First time after I left my job, I had loads of thoughts in my mind and I felt down. And the NHS, I read this document in the NHS and they say, you should just write maybe your feelings. And a few people said this, write how you feel because I couldn't sleep. Write them on a piece of paper and put them next to your bed. And it did help because I was able to fall asleep by writing things. Journaling has helped me. I try not to do it every day because you kind of end up doing it because you have to do it. And that isn't productive. But it's funny because my birthday is tomorrow. And I noticed I kind of do every birthday, New Year or every few months. I'll go back and look over my journals. And I've noticed the great thing about journaling is, and I wish I did this when I was younger, like properly, um... It, it not only helps you craft amazing uh, pieces writing-wise, creative writing, but it also allows you to express your thoughts and look back on how far you've come, which as a business person, and actually not even as a business person, as a person, how far I've come from feeling down and low and thinking not being confident. I couldn't even actually say I'd worked for these big companies or worked for a really big marketing agency. I've done this. I've done, I couldn't do it. The, my journal made me, it was kind of like self-talk and proving it in the journal saying, look, you're really good. Like the other side of your brain, uh, there's a voice in there saying, look, you're really good. 
and writing my journey and actually stopping and reading it and noticing how far I've come. And it's helped me more than ever to build my confidence, to stick in pictures that reflect backing up with my brain. My brain is very, it's critical. It's very, um, sorry, not critical. What's the word when you're skeptical? It doesn't believe things. It's like, oh, you're not good. So because I have negative language sometimes in my mind, my journaling and putting photos in to prove, okay, I've helped 20 countries, which I didn't realise till a few months ago because I started writing and counting and how much money I've made and how many hundred people that I've helped over this period of time, one-to-one, I was shocked. So it makes you believe or it shows you the reality. My thoughts are in the past and what I felt was in the past. My journal brings out the reality and the journey that I've come. And it's been, it's been the best thing that I've ever done to be the person who I am today. Even if you do a little paragraph every day. Even if it's... With me, I, a lot of stuff was, I could do this better, I could do that better. And I realised, actually, I just need to have what I'm good at. And I think, Abel, you do journaling right so I I journal to celebrate myself now I know it sounds really weird you journal I think I got you into journaling and you used no so you used to journal when you were young I got you into journaling and you started doing again how are you finding it well journaling for me is more like it's to it's a collective of my thoughts and emotions for me is to track not only how I feel but talk myself into saying okay I can overcome this you know it's just kind of like a brain dump for me so or mm. emotional dump for me I kind of get it out on paper and then I'm like okay is that how I actually feel is this the reality uh-huh. of, of where I am and is that is that truly so you how I should be feeling reflect over what you've written yeah so for me it's like if I can get my emotions out on paper and and then look. but you do it sooner than I do it because when I reflect I'll go back over the three months what how did I feel three months ago you do it like straight away after writing it yeah so for me, okay. it's not about, cool. and, and that's my form of journaling. Everybody, everybody has their own form of, of journaling, but I think it comes back down to uh, being aware of who you are and your mm. emotions. And I think that's played a key part in, in, in our, in our success and more importantly, your success. So mm. why do you feel that's important? By the way, just don't read my journal when I was uh, 10 years old or, or like 12, because we used to have those pop area, right? Boy bands, but I love leave from blue and that's what my that's a diary the journal was all about and my brother used to come to me and or we used to be sitting around and be like you like leave from blue and he's like how do you know this shit and then I soon realized because your bloody diary would have it in their journal at the time and that was just the crap that I wrote um excuse my language I'm glad I don't write stuff like that and my husband will know all the people that I like <coughs> Tom Hardy um <laughs> anyway so what was your question Scatty brain over here has forgotten. You made me forget about my own. You're talking about Tom Hardy. I'm worried now. Um, why is why is John? I've already asked you. Yeah, you already asked that. <laughs> this is going shit now. <laughs> Downhill from here. <laughs> this is what happens, guys, when you do a podcast in the evening, and this is the second take that we're doing it because we lost the first anchor. Anchor would like to make a formal complaint. No, that's a different. That's a different <laughs> podcast. That's a different podcast. Inspiring. We, we all got. We all. We all do journaling in our own way, but we, it comes back down to uh, self reflection, emotion. Oh. And how how did that? How does that play a key part in in your growth and your success? And how has that played a part? 
it's helped me it's still helping me i don't want to say it as in i've got there i've noticed journaling is is we're all on a journey and that sounds like so like cheesy but it's true i believe this so i'm sure Abdul, i speak to you about this and i always say to you oh but i have negative thoughts and oh they shouldn't be that i feel as if i need to be somewhere right like the end and i've noticed with with journaling i've come to accept and you've helped me along the way to kind of see this is we're always going to be improving and working on things and we shouldn't try to get to the end goal. We should enjoy the journey, as I'm sure your listeners have also heard from wise from wise experts. But not that I'm wise, by the way. Um, but got some grey hair, though. I think I've got, like, five strands. I found them the other day. I was like, oh, my God, my birthday. I've got, like, five strands. Then again, actually, I'm going to keep them. I want, I want to look like a silver fox. Um, but, f- yeah, for me, it's just... If you want to get to seeing who you truly are and being inspired, it starts from yourself because we don't realise how amazing we are as human beings and what we're capable of and what we've done. And it's been able... It's allowed me to do that and see myself for who I truly am and be the person that you hear today. Because your listeners might be like, oh, she's a bit too confident. But to me, it's about competence. It's about the knowledge. It's about just being friendly and talking to people, just chilling out and engaging with people. And I enjoy doing that. And that's taken time. Guys, I still have days where I'm I'm like, before this podcast, I was like, oh my God, I was feeling a bit procrastinating and feeling like, oh my God, I can't do this. Um, and it happens with everything and anything that I do. I, a few months ago, I used to have meetups and I'd be like, I, I really don't, I don't, I don't want to do this tomorrow. I don't want to go, I'm going to cancel it. We're going to keep having things like that. We just need to, we just need to not think about it and just do it. Um, and for me, my journey, it's helped me to see who I truly am and the achievements that I've, you know, achieved. Achievements? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. How far you've come in. That's it, yeah. So, going back to um, your journey, like, okay, what's the one piece of advice you'd give to anyone that's starting on their journey, but more so has started the journey even a couple of years ago, but then it's like, okay, what what's what's next for me? How do I how do I get to that next level? Like what as a mentor, what's your sort of advice? Uh ooh, this is like years of golden nuggets. We're skipping tw- we're giving them twenty years of our secrets. I don't think we should be giving these away. <laughs> they deserve to have I believe I believe basic knowledge and others other people's experience should be uh, you know should be accessible to all. Uh, that's what I'm all about. Practical, accessible and affordable advice. Do you like that plug-in? You love it, don't you? www.sarakdigital.com uh- <laughs> Such a radio advert. <laughs> um, no, no, but yeah. So the main thing for me... Uh, uh, yeah, so I know it should be accessible. That leads me on nicely, actually, to my number one sort of top tip secret to save you the time we wasted is knowledge. knowledge having knowledge that... The element of searching for knowledge and trying to make things better and exposing yourself to things that aren't working and are working and thinking, what can I, what can I do for this world? And not just in your business or in your, in your industry, but knowledge into beyond TV, media, politics, how things work in your industry. What did go go to a local library and whatever industry you're in, look at the old theorist books and see like uh, theorists. I mean the the books that 
the theories in that theorists wrote years ago because there's some really good stuff in there. You know how people say that, oh, actually, you know, uni was crap. It doesn't relate to real life or work. Yes, I believe, you know, that to an extent is true. However, I've noticed with marketing, we are not applying what was the, the theories and the sort of things that should we you know, apply. For example, the other top tip is consumer behavior. We don't like to understand people. The second thing is for you to be successful, knowledge is also understanding people. If you're able to understand people better and how they feel, their emotions and why they do what they do, you'll be able to serve them better. Um, last but not least, knowing who you are as a person, where you want to go, um, what your sort of purpose is, why you think you're here on this earth or if you, you don't think like that. What do you want to do when you're eight years old? You know, what do you want to be known for? And I don't mean in a famous way. I mean, like, what what is that one thing that you truly want to do with your business? What are you trying to do? You know, where do you want to be? And know yourself and know who you are and write down, even just keep a record of it. Because trust me, every year your goals or your, your vision changes and... It is so important to know who you are as a person and try and work on the things that you, your weaknesses and also celebrate your your strengths, really. I think that's quite, sort of my three top tips that I've served me. There's so many more, but I'm sure you guys are sleeping by now. <laughs> I, well, everyone listens to podcasts and I'm sure people will listen to this on their journey. It's, it's getting that insight into everyone has a lesson or everyone has a mm. uh, has something that they can teach everyone you mm. know we all say what can I learn from you like people like we all can teach like my like my marketing master sessions everyone I really <laughs> can to be honest like, you can learn from everyday people and I think it That's comes true. down to it comes down to just even listening isn't yeah. it and sharing I've noticed going to networking events and sharing and just speaking to people that they don't have to be in the same industry. They go, even actually in the same industry, you learn loads of new things. People that are uh, juniors, executives, people that are higher mm-hmm. level or even... Lo- it doesn't matter. Well, by the way, I don't mean in hierarchy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Everyone's the same, by the way. They're just names. Those roles are just names. I'd get, you know, if I had a company, school, I'd get rid of names. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Because let's be honest... There are loads of people that do everything. It's a bit... Oh, I would just get rid of names. Hi, I'm Sarah Khan. I'm the CEO of Sarah K Digital. So what do you actually do? CEO. Right? And then some people are, well, I'm a junior marketing executive. What do you actually do? Well, I, I, I you know, manage 12 different company accounts. Oh, junior marketers don't do that. Well, the problem is that's what people are doing, aren't they? Mm. There's people that are going beyond their roles. You could argue maybe they're business people. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting because a lot of people, and I, I speak to people all the time, and especially young entrepreneurs I come across, they have so much knowledge, information, and experience they're that they could... They're not being utilised, They're though. not being utilised. Companies don't... There's a, quite a few companies that I've worked with, not naming names, that don't like people with uh, knowledge. And we need to harness people's knowledge. And actually, it doesn't matter even if they're 15. We need to take, you know, whatever feedback or what they've got to say on board because they've got insights that we may need to make this world a better place. And I know it sounds cliche, you know, make this world a better place, but we can all play our part in making this world a better place. So... Through our business. Through our business. <laughs> so the whole kind of theme of this whole podcast is really being about how to become a nurturing leader. So to wrap it up. Yep. What's your, what's your like, 
What's your key secret here when it comes to being mentally? You know, you've covered a, a lot of points, but yeah, just you to summarize, all my secrets now. <laughs> just to, just to summarize, what is what is something that the listeners can take away and practically apply? Because that's something that they all need in today's age. We know it's great listening to people and it's inspiring, but what is the one practical piece of advice that you can give on becoming a nurturing leader in their business or in their life? Basically, listeners, Abdul Shakur's trying to nickel my secrets um, and take it for his business. <laughs> um, you can apply these, actually. You love it. You've been applying my little golden nuggets. I have. I'm not going to deny that one. I'm You're loving life. What are you on about? Um, main, okay, I'm just going to wrap it up. So the main one I would say is be aware of other people. Um, when I say be, I don't mean in a, be aware of other people. Um, I mean as in be aware of how you can help people help yourself but also be aware of how you can help other people become better at what they do whether it's job or whether it's even everyday life what can you help someone to do um because if you think about others obviously yes you look after yourself first um and i don't mean basic wise look after yourself and then be able to look after others because you're able to look after others We'll all live in a better... Think about it. We'll live in a better world if if people also, you know, cared about others. I'm not talking about business, guys. I'm talking about general, uh, generally. Mm. So true. So true. So, guys, there you have it. You've got the secrets to becoming a nurturing leader and succeeding in, in, in business and in life. So, guys, go out there and be... Buy my services. Buy my services. Yeah, people, <laughs> if you want to check out her... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Her work, I would definitely suggest going to her newly revamped website. That was my psychology brainwashing of buy my services. <laughs> www.sarahkdigital.com no, As long as it shares some great knowledge with you guys and it gives you, this podcast has given you something to make you feel great or made your day or even made you smile or made you go away there's something you can practice and do and um you know that i'll be happy but you know if there is any questions or anything like that you're more than welcome to drop a message to me or, or abdul um yeah and this is the purpose of the podcast at the day is really to allow people to make the most of every opportunity that they have in life and you know we've all got the same 24 hours in a day and it's mm. about what we can do with those 24 hours so our you know com- combine me and Sarah, Sarah's, though for those of you who don't know, Sarah's also my wife. Um, and oh my god! They're yeah. so freaky, man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over exaggerating, I know. Um, I'm not on here, by the way, because I'm his wife. Um, she's been the biggest inspiration. Hopefully, hopefully over it's the not. Last Damn you, I hope it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's been the biggest inspiration in my life over the last three years. Um, that's why you married me. And that's why I married her, exactly. <laughs> So cringe. Um, <laughs> now we're gonna go freestyle on your podcast. Uh, yeah, we are indeed. The real Sarah comes out. No, sorry, be quiet. <laughs> so, guys, there you have it. I've interviewed my wife, uh, an amazing wife, who uh, I've come to learn over the, the years, and hopefully, we can all take away something from this podcast. Uh-oh, I'm falling for my chair. <laughs> so stay tuned guys keep it real. hopefully we can we all we all would love to hear from you so guys please share this please drop your comments below and hopefully we'll see you very soon have a nice week everyone bye bye